If you're a founder, business owner, or someone who's trying to figure it out and you've ever felt frustrated, frantic, or unfulfilled, then you're in the right place. My name is Tara Payton. I'm a marketing strategist and consultant who's worked with hundreds of founders. And I am here to tell you there is a space for you to center yourself, get focused, experience fulfillment, and live in flow because you deserve it. I am here to walk you through the phases of life and business most won't, and we will own each stage together. Sometimes I'll be joined by other founders, friends, and special guests who are willing to share the highs and lows of their journey and have since found their own flow. Welcome to Found the Flow. Now let's get you to step into yours. I am joined here by a special guest, Jessica Renee Grant. Um, we are going to jump into all things. First of all, do y'all see how cute she looks? I had to put on a little something silky, so I felt like <laughs> I could, you know, hold my own with the boutique owner uh, extraordinaire. Um, so Jessica, I would love for you to introduce yourself to the people, who you are, what you do, and then we're going to jump into it. Okay, so what's up, everybody? First of all, thank you so much for inviting me. Um, I was like, I got to make this happen. I appreciate you. Know, you know, 2022 is going to be a different year. Mm -hmm. And so it's going to require a new level of doing things. And so I was like, yeah, we're going we gonna to work this thing out, make it happen. Yes. But um, I am Jessica Renee. I'm from Columbia, South Carolina. A mother of three that keep me busy. A wife, he keeps me busy. Um, but... The one thing that I am evolving into is your business bestie is what I like to call myself. So um, where is, I talk about the shift a lot. So I'm shifting into this new transition and phase of my life and I'm Coach Jess, your business's bestie. And I help faith-based entrepreneurs um, to build brand and grow their business and also helping them to navigate through the shift of becoming um, that's my word, becoming purposed. Mm -hmm. So it's like we're put here for a particular reason and we just have to figure out what that reason is. Mm -hmm. And as an entrepreneur, your purpose is directly tied to what it is that you're going to be doing in the marketplace. Mm -hmm. And there's a, a transition where you're like, should I go here? Should I not? And as a woman, there's so many other roles that people put on us. And it's like, well, how do I juggle this? How do I juggle being a mom, a mother, a sister, a best friend, and all of these other things everybody wants me to be, but still go out and walk into what I'm fully purposed to do in entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. um, newership, being you know, a boss, a P31 woman is what I call it, mm -hmm. the virtuous woman. Mm -hmm. So that's just a little about me in a nutshell. I really hate talking about myself, honestly. Well, listen, we gonna <laughs> talk about you this whole episode, so I hope you get a little bit more comfortable with it. Um, you need a drink or something? I'm good. Okay. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about becoming. Um, I love that word. And I want to know from your perspective, what does that mean to you? Becoming is uh, evolution. Mm. And so when you think of becoming in context, it's almost describing a journey. You're coming from one place in your life and you're entering into a new space. And most people don't think about what does that in-between space look like? What does that transition uh, space look like? And so for me, it's very important that I help other women to navigate through that area. What does becoming look like? What does that look like for yourself? What does that look like in your business? What does it look like at home? What does it look mm -hmm. like as a part of your lifestyle? Um, and how do you make sure you can get through that sanely? Mm -hmm. Because there's so many different transitions that happen within it. Like if you think about a shift 
it's not a continuous movement. It's almost like, mm, 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 like you're, mm -hmm. and so we have to know at each point, how do we restructure ourselves or, um, how are we making sure that we're filled or how, how are we making sure that we're staying on track as we're becoming this person who God has given us the vision that we're supposed to be, mm -hmm. um, the person that you're purposed to be. Now, does the becoming journey ever end? It doesn't. Okay. It doesn't. It ends when we take our last breath. Mm. And I think a lot of people fail to realize that we, we, we are an evolving creature. Mm -hmm. So we continuously evolve. And once you reach one level, then there's another level that we have to go to. I like to refer it to like Mario Brothers, mm -hmm. you know? Yes. So you have this one level. I felt like there were, have you ever been Endless Mario level? Brothers? No. Me either. Mm -hmm. Like you died before you could ever finish mm -hmm. the levels. And I think God put us here to, we're creators. So we're supposed to continually, continuously reproduce. Mm -hmm. But in order to do that, we have to be able to shift with the changes. We have to be able to navigate through that. So we're always becoming. And once you reach that first level, there's another level. Okay, now I have to go to the next one. It's like each one sets you up for the next. You really should leave this earth depleted. Mm. So the shifts essentially help us along the journey to becoming. Exactly. That's what you're saying. Okay. Exactly. How many shifts have you experienced thus far? Oh my gosh. That's crazy. We just talked about this because um, I'm writing a book about my shifts and mm. how all of this came about. And so from I'll start from the point where I decided I was like, I know God didn't just put me here just to be a wife and a mother. Like I had no other identity besides that. Mm. I didn't know who I was, um, anything like that. And so I started to resent my family Wow, because they were living their best grand life. Everybody was happy doing the things that they loved. And I wasn't. Mm. And I was like, I feel like I'm just the person who helps you all get to where you need to be or do the things that you need to do. But what about me? Mm -hmm. And so I started to go into a, a deeper thought of really building a relationship with God and saying, who did you create me to be? Like, why am I here? Because, you know, I like this thing out of all the millions of eggs my mom had. <laughs> like I was one of the chosen. Right. So what is my purpose here? Like, I know it's not just to have these children and take them to school and all of that and be here to assist my husband. That's mm -hmm. a part of it, but what is my purpose? And so that started like my call that my major shift mm -hmm. um, into seeking that out. And so I literally found that really through building a relationship with God. And then there's the shift uh, becoming just a hairstylist to now a salon owner. Mm -hmm. And then from just a salon owner to now a highly sought out educator in the world of cosmetology, um, mm -hmm. teaching on all these uh, major platforms. And then it went from that to God saying, shut it all down after 18 years, like close your books. Mm -hmm. You will not do this anymore. Like, okay, what? I'm a hairstylist. Like, that's like the dope mm -hmm. game. It's hard to get out because mm -hmm. the money is so good. Right. But he's like, nah, you're done. Like mm -hmm. move on. And then to become a full-time boutique owner and now coach. So there's been many shifts, many shifts in the last four years for me. Yeah, that seems to be a theme. And we, um, you know, I talked about this with another guest and 
the shifts that take place, right? Just your journey. I, of course, as well, have, have had many shifts in my corporate career and now in my career as an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. I shut my business down a couple months ago and have not come back out just yet. Yeah. Um, but thinking about that process, right? When God told you to shut it down, how were you feeling? Honestly? Yes. I was like, this is my language with God. Yo, God, wait, 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 wait a minute. You want me to do what now? Like, shut it down. Okay, I don't think I heard you. Like, mm -hmm. do what now? Mm -hmm. Shut it down. And I'm, I always say, God, you got to throw a brick at my head. Like, I got to know this is you because you asking me to do something like major. Yeah. And um, he literally showed me someone. Like, I was just scrolling on Instagram. A person popped up and it was just one little caption that caught my eye. It was like, um, my employees are always saying I don't work because I like to have fun. And I started mm -hmm. laughing. I'm like, they always tell me that. Like, I play too much, mm -hmm. you know? And I said, well, let me see who this person is. And the person ended up having the same exact name. Her name was Jessica Renee. And I was like, huh, interesting. So I'm still looking. Um, and I see she did like this little um, video with her most influential people. And so three out of her four were my influential people too, but really caught my eye was Madam C.J. Walker. And I was like, mm -hmm. well, she a boutique owner. Like, why is Madam C.J. Walker influential? And I was like, oh, well, maybe because she was the first black woman millionaire. Mm -hmm. Okay, that makes sense. And so I'm watching and she goes, you know, most of you already know I used to be a hairstylist and I left the industry to become a boutique owner. I literally threw my phone, promise to God, no lie. Like I threw the phone because it freaked me out so bad. Talk about a brick. Yes. And God was <laughs> like, you asked for a brick and I gave you one. Yes. And so that was the start of it. And at April 19th of 2021, I was laying, um, we were actually at a football game mm -hmm. in Charlotte. Well, I was not at the game, but there for a football game. Mm -hmm. And I woke up and my husband laying beside me and me and God had that conversation. He was like, shut your books down. And I was like, no, not. A, I'm sorry, God, I mean, I love you, but... <laughs> I can't do that. Like, mm -hmm. and he was like, no, shut it down. And then the one few little words, do you trust me? And I was like, dang, mm. oh, yeah, you can't, you either going to say yes or no. And mm -hmm. I felt like at this time, if I said no, I was big Judas around here. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I was just like, all right. And I shut everything down. I hadn't even talked to my husband yet. And I was like, well, God, you got to handle this situation. You told me to do it. So you gonna handle this over here when I have to tell him I'm not mm -hmm. doing this anymore. And when I told him, he was like, all right, I got you. If mm -hmm. God, that's what God told you to do. And I was like, well, okay. Well, that was the hard part really mm -hmm. telling him, yeah, so I'm not doing this anymore. Mm -hmm. And then going into it and he said, let the salon go too. Mm -hmm. And so I had my salon manager who was with me since the salon first opened. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about the only one who was in there with me pulling 24 hour shifts, getting everything together, like literally operated the salon like it was hers. Mm -hmm. And a lot of things that I was able to do was because of her. And so, you know, me and her talked about taking it over and what the percentages things were gonna look like. And God said, no, you're gonna give it to her. Wow. And so I said, say what now? Like I had, come on now. Mm -hmm. And he said, give it to her. and. That's what I did. And he said, I need you to leave completely. completely. Yeah. Do you regret anything about that? I don't. Mm. I really don't. Because mm. now I just feel like maybe the building of the salon and all of that was for her. 
Mm. Maybe it wasn't, you know, I was just the person who God used to bless her. Mm-hmm. And so when you look at it like that, you you don't you don't miss it. You're like, okay, I understood the assignment. Mm-hmm. Because that's what purpose is, understanding the assignment. Mm-hmm. I understood the assignment. Okay, well, what's next then? Mm-hmm. So let's dig into the shift. You shut down the the um, salon. Mm-hmm. You gave it to your salon manager. What were you then doing? Like, what did that period look like for you? Running a boutique full time, and it was strictly online. Mm-hmm. And within um, a few months of that, I get a brick and mortar. Like everything just kind of flowed. And when people are like, "How did it happen?" I'm like, "I'm telling y'all." Mm-hmm. Like I have to start off with saying God because there were it was crazy mm-hmm. and crazy for me is something that is unexplainable like it's humanly impossible mm-hmm. for it to happen and for those events to happen me just starting in April and then by November I'm in a brick and mortar like crazy and it has been doing good ever since mm-hmm. so um now I'm not even really scared about anything because as long as I'm operating in my obedience, mm-hmm. I know everything that I need is going to be provided. Mm-hmm. So the start of the boutique, had you ever run a boutique before? I did. Oh, you did? Mm-hmm. Okay. I started um, a boutique in uh, 2018 mm-hmm. and it closed as quickly as it opened. <laughs> Why? Why do you think that was? Just had a vision and then just moved. Moved okay. on it. I did not take the time to make a plan. I did not do any research, study. I didn't get under the tutelage of anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew nothing about the business. I was just like, oh, people say I dress nice. Mm-hmm. Well, instead of me sending them to everybody else's store, why don't I do this? And in the hair industry, they were teaching everyone, like, have your seven figures. Like, the the hair industry will have you. So, in the chokehold. Listen. listen. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, here's another uh, stream of income. But no one t- said that yeah, you need to have these streams of income, but you need to steward and govern over these streams well. You need mm-hmm. to steward and govern over your business as well. That wasn't taught. Mm-hmm. And so I opened it up and I sold a few things and it just got too much doing that and still um, doing hair and still educating. And I didn't know who my target audience was. Like, I didn't know what I was doing. I was trying to find whatever was cheap. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, let me buy this cheap. Then I can sell it cheap. Mm-hmm. And then somebody going to buy it. Mm-hmm. So I was all off. Like, that. it, it wasn't It wasn't meant to stay open. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people say, did you make money? I don't know. Like, <laughs> I wasn't even keeping track. Everything went to the same pile of money. Um, I didn't have money to re-up inventory because it wasn't separate. It, it was ghetto. Okay. That's the best way to put it. And so now you're living in the suburbs? Yeah. The 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 new boutique is in the suburbs. Yes. Okay. It's in the suburbs. Okay. And so what were some of the lessons, right? You shared some of them as far as um commingling funds, right? Buying cheap and thinking that you could sell cheap and just have mm-hmm. that be the way that you were going to be successful. What were some of the biggest lessons that you took from that prior experience to now opening up and running your boutique that you have now? Um, Do not rush. That was one of the major lessons. Mm. Do not rush. Um, Everything has to be intentionally planned. Can you say that again? Everything has to be intentionally planned. And then run it back to the do not rush part? Do not rush. Okay. Yes. (laughs) Yes. So that was the biggest issue. And when it circled back around 
this time, you know, I kind of fought it because I was hurt from the first time. I was like, this didn't do good first time. So mm-hmm. how do I think it's going to do good again? And God said, just listen to me. This time you're going, what did you do wrong? Mm-hmm. So I literally had to sit down and basically reminisce on the whole process and become a student and take notes on every single thing I did wrong. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, okay, duh, just do the opposite of that. So um, the first thing was to get educated. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, before educated, what does my vision look like? Where do I see this boutique going? Um, where do I see this business doing for me? Because I think a lot of people don't think about that. What do you want that business to do for you? Because it serves a purpose for you as well, yeah. not just your constituent. And then it's like, who am I going to serve? And you know, where's this thing, where's this going? So getting that, then I said, okay, let's do the research because now I need to build out the plan according to the vision. Mm-hmm. So what are the things and what are the steps that I need to do to put those in place? I did that. I got educated. I joined coaching groups. I did a boot camp. Everything to really um, build myself and put myself in a position to be able to be the person who's able to run a, a business of that caliber. Um, and so that made the whole process really easy. It mm-hmm. took me about four months, mm-hmm. but the latter eight months were absolutely amazing mm-hmm. versus when I tried to put something together in two weeks and rush it, it was closed literally three months. I mean, I literally just gave away the clothes that I just had, that I had from the first boutique. Mm-hmm. I donated it to a women's shelter. Nice. Because I still had so much inventory. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? No. You, 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 it's like, you can sell that. No, we're not going to sell it. Mm-hmm. We're just going to donate this to the women's shelter. We're, we're starting fresh mm-hmm. over here. Mm-hmm. So a couple questions, because you talked about like designing mm-hmm. this business, right? And intentionally designing this business. When you were a hairdresser, mm-hmm. right? When you had the hair salon, do you feel like or do you know that that business was designed around the life that you wanted? It actually was. Okay. And that was the crazy thing. And it was like, why do you think because the industry changed, the structure changes? Mm. Business is business. And it was almost like I, if I could imagine God looking down on me, he was like, girl, it's the same thing. Like, mm-hmm. what are you doing? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And having failed was my realization like, wait, I did this before. Mm-hmm. Like- Cause I've been evicted out of a salon before mm. and took a two year hiatus and I had to come back to it. Cause you know, when God said you ain't finished, you ain't finished. Mm-hmm. Had to come back to it, but I came back in the right way. And so he said, um, indecency and order was the words that he spoke. And if you don't have your business in decency and order, then I can't bless it to the capacity that it deserves to be blessed. Mm. And so I started to get my business in line and the salon was literally designed around the type of stylist I wanted to work in there and the type of clients that I wanted to receive. Mm-hmm. Everything from the um, the colors, the furniture that was picked out, having Wi-Fi, it was designed around those people because I needed to be able to live a certain lifestyle. And financially, I wanted to make a certain amount of money. And so I knew what audience would be able to provide that. Mm -hmm. And so the business had to be built around that. And so it was like, you just take the same concept and put it over here in this industry. Right. And so 
in the part of the the growing with that, the shifting in that, I took the same concepts from being a salon owner mm-hmm. and how I conducted that and put it put it into the boutique as well. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, this this does work, and that's mm-hmm. how, you know, the shift. We started with the shift, and then we have um, the blueprint, which is you got to plan, prepare, position. And then you have to have a strategy, a structure, and systems in place for mm-hmm. these things to happen. And it's literally, these are the things that you've been doing over and over and over again. And God's like, now you get it, girl. Right. Like, I gave you I gave you an entire system. Mm-hmm. And I like how you said design because I'm a designer. I like to look at myself as an architect. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a lot of the things that I speak in are in terms of building and designing because that's mm-hmm. what I do. Mm-hmm. Hey, if you want to figure out how to go from being a frantic founder to a founder in the flow, then you better go ahead and get on my email list. Take the quiz to find out where you are currently in the founder's journey, how it impacts your marketing, and I'll send you information straight to your inbox that is known to get you in flow, keep you in flow, and get consistent customers and cash flow coming to your company. So go ahead and take the quiz. It's linked in the show notes, and I will see you next time. So with the boutique, what is what is a piece of advice that you would give someone that is starting a boutique today, right? Of mm-hmm. course, they don't have your experience, your um, knowledge and things like that. But what are three things that you would tell somebody starting a boutique or any business for that matter? Because a lot of this, like you mm-hmm. just said, it translates right. from business to business right. is business, right. essentially, right? Um, what are three things that you wish you knew before you got started? Um, the very first thing is clarity, having clarity in what it is that I was doing, why I was doing it and how I was going to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, the second thing would be to, I would put plan and prepare together, um, put the plan out and then start preparing my things that I need. Like, do you need to hire a coach? Um, do you need to take business classes? Um, what resources are you going to need? How are you going to fund this business? Um, mm-hmm. Figuring out who your your market is, where you know I have the five W's: the who, what, where, when, and why. All of that is is piled into your plan and prepare. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the third thing would be to be in position. Mm-hmm. A lot of people miss their opportunity because you simply aren't in position to be able to receive it. Mm-hmm. And how do you get in position? from planning and preparing Mm. and having clarity and then you're in position. So basically, um, how can I put an example? Okay, prime example, when I went to Impact, Mm -hmm. I started not to go. Why? Because I was just like, oh my gosh, this is too much. I'm just not gonna worry about it. Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna go. And then it was like, no, you need to go. Mm -hmm. And so being in position is understanding that you have everything already together, right? Mm -hmm. You've planned, you've prepared, you're clear on what it is you're doing. So if you think about position, it requires an action, Mm -hmm. the movement. So you have to take action in it. So I took action into going to build to impact. And there I met some amazing women, my business besties. I've learned so much. My mindset has changed from, I'm gonna do it on a small scale to know this thing is bigger than that. Mm-hmm. And if I had not gone, a lot of the things that are coming out now, would not, have would not they would have still mm-hmm. been laying dormant. But I had all of the other components, but I just needed to be in position. I had to take the action. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't take the action. 
And why do you think that is? I mean, I know similar to you, like, um, you know, this past weekend mm-hmm. I attended an event and initially I'm like, oh, you know, I don't have to go. I was a yeah. speaker. Our session was pre-recorded, but something was like, no, you need to go. You need to be there. And it was an awesome experience yeah. from the networking component, from, you know, being, it's something about being in person with people. Like right. even you being here right. is different from us being on a computer exactly. and having this interview, right? Right. So what what was it that was holding you back? Was it you just didn't feel like it? You had a lot of life stuff going on, you know, but the family and the kids. What was it and what helped you to move? Um, it was fear. And the life wow. stuff with the family and the kids um, is supported by the fear because it gave me a cop out. Mm. Oh, no. Well, you know, who's going to take the kids to school and who's going to do this? And so, no, I just need to be here. And so using the family as a crutch because I was afraid to move further. And when God gives you a vision, right? It's it's a vision that you can't even really comprehend because mm-hmm. um, he operates exceedingly abundantly. Like everything is, is so great and above all that we can ask or think of. And so when you see it, you like, mm, not me, <laughs> wrong person, God. Mm-hmm. And you become fearful of that because we're thinking about operating in the our own capacity, like doing it by yourself when it was never meant for you to do it by yourself. And I understood the the transition that would happen. Mm -hmm. I understood that me making the move to go to impact was literally telling myself that I was ready for everything that was to come. And I was afraid of that. Like Mm. the imposter syndrome said, like, are you really that girl? Like, Mm. can you really help people? Will this boutique really last? And you start like doubting yourself. Mm-hmm. And then you got to snap out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to say, you got to talk to yourself. That's why it's important to have people who are surrounded by you. And a lot of my friends were like, girl, if you don't go, mm-hmm. like. You had already paid for your ticket? I already paid for my ticket, airline ticket, booked my hotel, everything. And you were not going to go. And I wasn't going to go. Mm. And then I'm, I'm like, so I'm, I got to go by myself. <laughs> like, I don't, I'm not going to know anybody. Mm-hmm. And it was like, no, you got to get out of your comfort zone. I'm putting you in a place um, where you're going to be uncomfortable, mm-hmm. where you're you're going to really have to dig deep within you and come out this this shell and this wall that you've built up mm-hmm. over years. And I'm I'm glad I did it. Mm-hmm. Like now I'm like, okay, I was I'm a glad big you did girl. it too. Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm gonna steal this question from one of my girls, um, Aquia Robinson. She also has a podcast. She likes to open her podcast with this question. What, or maybe she closes it. What's the last time that you did something for the first time? Mm. That's a good question. The last time I did something for the first time. Because, you know, we're speaking about you showing up to impact. You had yeah. everything ready. It's like you're pushing yourself out of your comfort zone. And that's what that question really gets to. So what's the last time you did something for the first time? I started my YouTube channel. Okay. Mm-hmm. When? Um, Recently? Yep. It, we have two videos up mm-hmm. so far. Um, and that's something, even he, he's on me all the time about it. <laughs> um, and it's something supposed to happen four years ago. Mm. And I was just like, no, because then I got to show up in front of cam- on, in front of the camera and I got to talk. Mm-hmm. And then people are going to look at it. And then what are they going to say? And so this year I said, I'm just going to do it. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to put it out there mm-hmm. and we got over a hundred followers and I was like ah, nice yeah but that was the last time I did something for the first time mm-hmm. 
And when you were doing that, right, sometimes I'm glad you pointed it out. So her assistant is over here. He got the camera up. He's getting some behind the scenes, right? Um, sometimes people see for us things that we don't see for ourselves, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. How long had you been telling her to start the YouTube channel? So it had been years. Let's just yeah. say you said four years. Mm -hmm. So for four years, you set on this idea, right? Um not thinking back to like what would happen if you started it four mm -hmm. years ago. But sometimes I often wonder, you know, everything happens in divine time. Right. I truly believe I that. Believe everything well. happens in divine time. Maybe you weren't ready for it. Maybe mm -hmm. it wasn't the right time, whatever. But sometimes when I sit and reflect, I think of the things that people have said to me, right? And they're like, oh, you should have did this or you'll be great at that. Is there anything else that you are thinking about or that people have said to you in the past that maybe you want to get started with now rather than later, sooner rather than later? And you're smiling because I know there's something. Y'all must have talked about this. <laughs> the podcast. Okay. Mm -hmm. The podcast. Um, you know, when I, I do lives a lot mm -hmm. and... I have been asked for years, like, why don't you start a podcast? And I'm like, oh, mm -hmm. no, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, because that would require me to be dedicated to yet another thing. Mm -hmm. And I was like, uh, -uh I don't feel like it. You mm -hmm. know, everything's I don't feel like it. Um, and so I kind of started developing it and then it just mm. and I've had the equipment mm -hmm. for a long time, about three years. Mm -hmm. um, and I got cover art done this year. And I was just like, it's still not feeling well. It's, I don't like it. And I did my first podcast interview actually in my boutique. Um, someone came and I was on their podcast mm -hmm. and we were just talking and she was like, what are you waiting on? And I was mm -hmm. like, well, cause then she was like, uh, 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 uh. like she literally took away every <laughs> excuse. Mm -hmm. And then he goes in my calendar. Um, you're going to do your intro by this day. You're going to mm -hmm. do this by this day. And I'm just like, Ugh. okay. And every time I walk in the store, did you record today? Did you do this today? Did you do that today? Mm -hmm. And I said, you know what? I said, you are the best person that I hate so much. I was mm -hmm. like, you get on my nerve. Mm -hmm. um, and it was supposed to be the irregular girl, but it just didn't feel good. Mm -hmm. And then clarity and shifting into all of this and um, becoming and purpose and the shift and all of that. And I was just sitting at my computer uh, last Friday. Mm -hmm. um, yep, last Friday. And God was like, you need to go design this shirt. No, that was Sunday. Mm -hmm. And I was like, nah, it's Sunday. I'm tired. Like, no, no, get up and go do this. Mm -hmm. So I got up and I went and started playing around with some designs for purpose. And then I started going, well, what does that mean? Like, okay, God, you've given me this word, but what is purpose? Mm -hmm. So I go into, you know, meditation on it. Like, you gotta, you gotta get this to me. Like, I need to be clear on it. And then, you know how the little thing, um, I understood the assignment that mm -hmm. popped into my head. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yo, that's exactly what it is. Literally, like understanding the assignment. And I said, but purpose mm -hmm. this past tense. I'm very, uh, very analytical, like mm -hmm. theoretical thinker. What's your sign? Taurus. Okay. Yeah. Oh, you like my husband. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I was like, okay, but purpose this past tense. Mm -hmm. And then I said, so, you know, we talking about walking in purpose, which is presence, but purpose, God is past tense. So what does that mean? And he was like, go back to Jeremiah 29, 11. He already knew the plans that he had for us. Mm -hmm. That's past tense, which means 
And he said, I already knew you before you were even created in your mother's womb. That's past tense. Mm -hmm. So he said, your purpose isn't anything new. Your purpose was already created. It was just waiting for you to take action. Mm -hmm. So once you take action, you are becoming purposed. And mm -hmm. I was like, yo, God, okay, okay. <laughs> That's it. Um, and then as I started really just like honing in on that, I was like, the Purpose Podcast, She's Purposed Podcast. And I was like, that's it. Mm -hmm. That feels good. Like that embodies everything, who I am, what I speak about. I said, we can talk about life and being married and mm -hmm. children and business. Mm -hmm. It doesn't limit me to just one thing. And I said, all right. This is this is it. And I actually mm -hmm. had my first taping for that tomorrow, but she had to reschedule. So okay. it's going to be the following um, Tuesday. And I was like, it's crazy because this this is the third podcast interview I've been asked on. Mm -hmm. So before that, I've never been asked on any podcast to come and speak on any podcast. And now mm -hmm. it's just like people reaching out and God is like, you remember you said you need bricks, right? I was about to say, that's a brick. <laughs> yeah. Listen. He said, I'm One, giving two, you bricks. Three. Yep. Mm -hmm. I'm giving you bricks. Mm -hmm. So. I love that. So I was I was not going to press you. I'm like, when's the podcast coming out? Because I, in my iPhone, I have a note from 2018 wow. when I had my podcast, like my first initial podcast idea. Mm -hmm. Now we're in, what's this, 2021? Two. No, 20, look. Yeah. What's today? What's today? <laughs> We're in 2022, right? And so the vision didn't become clear to me. I'm mm. I'm similar to you in that. If it doesn't feel right, right. I'm not going to do it, right? Right. Unless there's that instance where God is like, no, you got to move. Exactly. Right? So I had in my notes, and I was going through it when I was getting ready to to record season one for this podcast. Um, and I looked back and I was like, I had an idea for 20 in 2018 for the mm -hmm. podcast. So I understand that whole process that you have to go through and yeah. like when it feels right, it connects and it yeah. feels right. 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 Um, and I went through a similar journey with the name for this podcast because I, I forget what the name was initially, mm -hmm. but it just didn't, it didn't right. feel right. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so I love that. And I love that you shared yeah. that. So by the time this airs, your podcast will be up and it running. It will be up okay. and running. All right. It will it be, will be up, up and running. running. Yes. 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 So um, let's talk now about coaching. Mm -hmm. How is that? Like, how did you even get into that space? And you talked a little bit about like the imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. Will I be able to help these people? Right. Um, you know, if, am I even good enough? Talk to me about that shift and why you wanted to become a coach. So, you know, when you are gifted, for something. Mm -hmm. You've already been doing it, but you just didn't know it. Mm -hmm. And so I think, you know, coaches, educators, leaders, teachers, um, ministers, it's it's a it's a certain gift that you've been given. And I would do it inside of my salon mm. um, with those people just because that's what I naturally do. Didn't even look at it as coaching. Um, and then that's someone noticed it and was like, you need to teach. And I was like, mm -mm, no, I'm good. You know, I was somebody the, else seeing it. Somebody you, else right? seeing it. 
And um, they was like, no. And I was like, no, because I'm the person, like, I'm in the back of the room. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking to anybody. If I have to talk, armpits are sweating. I'm super nervous. So mm-hmm. people were like, really? And I'm like, yeah, go check me out like four years ago. Like, what y'all see now is not what it used to be. Evolu- becoming, yes. right? Yes. yes. Um, and so just starting to to teach. And then the coaching component came in where a lot of people actually have they saw the growth they Mm -hmm. saw the journey and the transitions and it's like hey can you help me with that and then i'm like hmm i mean i just kind of just do this for people but turn this into a business like Mm -hmm. what Mm -hmm. um and as i kind of did it you know on the low-key side free 99 most of the time Mm -hmm. 99 cents the rest of the time um i saw the impact and the growth that people made and I said, okay, well, let's figure out how to do this. And that was me coming to impact. I said, I've educated myself on everything else mm-hmm. besides being a coach. Mm-hmm. Um, I took a class to become a certified coach, but it just teaches you how to coach. Mm-hmm. It doesn't go into the business of coaching. right? And that's what I was missing. Um, and so making that and just seeing how that operated in the capacity, it put together a lot of missing components mm-hmm. that I didn't have that probably kept me from really putting it out there, putting it out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now I'm just like, yeah, it's, it's Coach Jess. What's up? Mm-hmm. How can I help you? You know, and any anytime I'm like, mm, can I do this? God always says, go back and look at your track record. Mm. Or somebody will drop a, um, a comment Mm-hmm. Or or something, and you know, I went to college, and I have a degree in experimental psychology, and I mm-hmm. used to be like, this was such a waste of money. Mm-mm. Like, I'm not even doing anything, and then now I'm here in this position, and I'm like, yeah, huh. okay, mm-hmm. God, I see you. Mm-hmm. And psychology is so integral in marketing mm-hmm. as well. Like the yes. way you use psychology t- in marketing exactly. is so very important. Mm-hmm. That's one of my favorite things to yep. teach and study and just use when I'm working with clients right. as well, because people don't really understand how psychology impacts yes. people's behaviors, yep. right? And actions and things like that. So that's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Like you are using your degree. Exactly, right. exactly. So I wanna shift gears here. I wanna ask you, um, do you believe in balance? No. Why? I don't believe that um, in the way that I think of balance. I don't think that things could there could be a balance. I believe in priorities. Mm. Um, and so, and it's probably because of my thought process. Mm-hmm. When I think of balance, there's like two things in there. They're even. Mm-hmm. When you have a life that has so many different components in it and compartments, you can't give the same amount of time, energy, or anything to two different things. Mm -hmm. So in my mind, balance may look like this may be really heavy here, but I have six or seven things on the other side. That may balance out, but it's really prioritizing. And so um, one of the best things that I've learned, especially with my family, how do you balance your family and your business? I don't balance, I prioritize. Mm -hmm. So I ask my kids, you know, what does quality time look like with me? Mm. Because usually we tend to give more than what is required anyway, because we feel like we're supposed to. Wow. And so, you know, of course, with my daughter, I get target list every day. 
<laughs> so it's me and her going out shopping and mm -hmm. then she likes to cuddle. Like she mm -hmm. has to get in the bed and we put on a movie. Mm -hmm. So I make sure I give her those things that she needs. So I don't have to be with her all the time. I just need to make sure I'm giving her what she needs. Mm -hmm. My son, my oldest son, come and hug him. Like just I let him hug me. Mm -hmm. And then he's gone. Like he doesn't require much at all. And he's mm -hmm. like almost like my husband. Just let me know when you're not gonna be here in advance. Okay. So I can prepare my mind. Like that's literally <laughs> all he requires and make sure there's food in the house. <laughs> Got it. And then my middle son, he's just whatever you do, Ma. Like he doesn't require <laughs> a whole lot, mm -hmm. but he's the middle child. So you know, doing special things with him. Like if I pick him up early, just me and him go get something to eat. Mm -hmm. um, and then with my husband is making sure every night I'm not doing something. So now I literally have work hours. I shut it down at night, but I'm like, you got to give me like one night, maybe two. Right. And he's like, all right, I can, I can do that. Right. And so I figured out everything that they needed from me mm -hmm. and I give them what they need. Mm. And if I give more, it's because I want to, not that I feel like I'm required to. And that's how it works. So this this mm. this this what this was, this is what needs my priority right now mm -hmm. in this moment. And like, I, my, well, my other son, I can't miss a game. Mm. Like he might give me one or two a year, mm -hmm. but when it comes to them and having a, a track meet, a football game or something, and me having to do something for business, they always, when mm -hmm. in that instance mm -hmm. um i had a retreat what when was that retreat in february mm -hmm. yes and mm -hmm. my daughter had a gymnastics meet and i did not know i was like oh my gosh so you know what i did i relocated the retreat because it was enough time to the same location as the gymnastics meet i had one of my team members start the session off mm -hmm. i went watched her gymnastics meet and came back nice and so it's it's priorities. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You said something so profound. Oftentimes we give more than what's required of mm -hmm. us. Have you always operated with giving what is required or was there a time when you were giving more than what was required? I was giving more than what was required. Mm. So um, it was a discipline. I had to learn how to give what they needed. Mm -hmm. And I think it's this thing I like to call uh, false perceptions of identity mm -hmm. that we get from society. Mm -hmm. And depending on who you're surrounded by or how you grew up, they tell you, you know, no, you got to be at home all the time. And mm -hmm. It's just your kids and husband. You can't do anything else. Mm -hmm. And so I thought if I wasn't giving all of me and more than what I even had to give, I wasn't being a good mother mm -hmm. or I wasn't being a good wife, but really I wasn't being a good person to myself. Mm. And so I had to literally learn how to just give what they need mm -hmm. and be okay with that in myself. Mm -hmm. How many years married this year? 16. Oh, yes. Okay. Oh, so I'm years. I'm fresh in the game. Yeah. So this will be our three year anniversary. Yeah. Okay. So I would love this is for selfish reasons. <laughs> What's your biggest piece of advice for marriage, marriage and also um, building businesses? Communication. Mm -hmm. And people throw that around like communicate, communicate. But mm -hmm. no, effective communication. Um, when I first started, I didn't involve him. 
Mm. It was just me making all the decisions. He didn't know what was going on. And what I didn't know is I was making him feel like an outsider. I was making him feel like I was growing and I was leaving him where he was because I wasn't including him in on the growth and the evolution of me becoming. Mm -hmm. And so that was something that I had to be responsible for and, mm -hmm. and take, I was like, dang, yeah, that's that's me. Cause we, we came to a point where we didn't even know if we were gonna continue the marriage because mm. we've been together since high school. So wow. married 16 years, but all together, 22 years we've been together. Mm -hmm. um, and so you gotta grow up with each other. And so now here we are literally becoming an adult. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think you really become a true adult to like, you start getting to mid thirties. You in your thirties, yeah. yes. <laughs> and now it's like, whoa, this is not the same 17, 18 year old kid mm -hmm. that I knew before. And I'm not that same person. Um, and of course I tried to be like, it's all you, 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 you. But I had to take accountability for that. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, including him in on the process cause he very much is a part of the process. And when I started doing that, man, everything was just like smooth. I mean, he helps out so much mm -hmm. um, with the kids. Now it's like, I don't even have to choreograph the routines mm -hmm. when I leave. Mm -hmm. So now I feel like, dang, what am I supposed to do? And like, I'll call him like, didn't I tell you I got this? Like, I got this. And I'm like, mm -hmm. I'm just so used to. Mm -hmm. So now I have to learn how to let go and let him take on um, those things. But that was the most important thing. And then the communication, learning how to let you know how I feel without coming at you or without arguing about it, you mm -hmm. know, um, dealing with my feelings first. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, what is, what is, you're mad at him, but what are you really feeling? Mm -hmm. I miss you. Mm -hmm. Like, I just want to spend some time. So communicate that. And mm -hmm. not communicate the anger portion, right? Um, and it that that takes a lot, mm -hmm. but once you get it, uh, it's a it's a beautiful thing. And the one thing that my aunt told me that was absolutely profound, she said, "Marriage is what you make of it." Mm -hmm. And we try to have this one fit mode of marriage. No, y'all got to do what works for the both of y'all. Right? Like nobody else matters. Nothing anyone else says matters. It's just what works for us. Mm -hmm. That's what we do. And that that's a game changer. Mm -hmm. that's I love a game that. Changer. I love that. 16 years, y'all. 16 That is years. to be applauded. Yes. Okay. Long yes. 16 years. <laughs> <laughs> a long but loving it, 16 yeah, years. <laughs> it was worth it. I, I do want to say this, that when you look at people who've been together that long, you think, oh my gosh, they must have had such an amazing marriage or relationship no they figured it out mm. like the more things you go through together and you get over them together the mm -hmm. stronger you'll get mm -hmm. so people have been married for 50 60 years you know not because the relationship was great all the time it was because they decided every day that we're going to recommit to each other and we're going to make this work. And yes. that's a bond within itself. Yes. The decision making mm -hmm. is so important. Yeah. Yes. I love that. Jessica, this has been amazing. Yes. I want you to tell everyone what you have coming up and then how they can get in contact with you. Okay. So we have 
um, two live events, two major live events coming up um, in uh, September the 30th through October the 2nd. Um, it'll be in Savannah, Georgia, and it's the I Am the Shift Retreat, Becoming Purposed. Mm -hmm. And so this retreat is dealing, it's for faith-based entrepreneurs, um, and it's preparing yourself to be the, per the person who's able to lead the business that you are about to build or the business that you are currently building. Um, I have a saying, if you ain't right, your business ain't right. That's true. And if we are the think tank, if we are the creators of this thing, whatever we have going on within ourselves is going to flow over into our businesses. So it's important to make sure just as much time you invest in your business and the structures for that, you have to do the same thing for yourself as a leader um, in that business. So we're going to retreat, we're going to build ourselves, we're going to get over some fears. Um, it's gonna be an absolute amazing time. And then the Power of the Shift retreat, that is going to be December the 1st through the 4th. It's in Columbia, South Carolina. And that's gonna be all about your business, baby. Mm. Like getting your systems, structures, and strategies in place, learning how to plan, prepare, and position. And basically we are going to design your blueprint for you to have a sustainable and profitable um, business. So those are the two major things. You can follow me uh, at the Jessica Renee, that's T-H-E-J-E-S-S-I-C-A-R-E-N-E-E. -E on Instagram, really on all platforms. TikTok, you know, I'll be on the TikTok scene. Okay, um, I gotta check Facebook, you out. Facebook, <laughs> you can follow me there. And then we have some smaller things coming up, master classes, brunches, um, some accelerator programs, um, mentorship groups. So make sure you follow. You can click that link, thejessicarenee.com slash links. Join the email besties. Mm -hmm. That's the best way for you to be able to keep up with what we have going on. And get inspired at the same time because we just don't ask you for something all the time. We're going to give, 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 and then we'll ask you for something because yes. this is a business. Yes. So we're going to make sure to have all the links down in the show notes for you all to follow. Uh, Jessica, thank you so much You're again. Welcome. This has been awesome. And it's time for you to celebrate, girl. Yes. yes. Flirty 40. <laughs> <laughs> all right, y'all. That's it for this episode. And we will see you next time. Now that's a wrap for this week's episode of Found the Flow. I sincerely hope you feel more aligned regardless where you are on this journey. I've centered this show around my hopes that you find a safe space as you navigate your growth. Make sure to share this on your favorite social platform, tag me while you're figuring out what being in flow means to you, and share this with your people because you really never know who can get something from the message. Until next week, may you find the flow.